the hockey gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is presented by winbet winbet is now live in arizona colorado indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york tennessee and virginia from boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds winbet has what you need to win sign up today Bet $100 and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Alan Jenkins, uh, with here with me here as always is my co-host Joel Meyer. How are we doing tonight, Joel? Doing really well. I spent the afternoon uh, listening to some old music. I've got these uh, playlists. Uh, um, they're all called uh, "Sex Something" because the first <laughs> one was uh, "I Made It for Sex with an Ex-Girlfriend," and I just uh, kept it up. And so I've got all these uh, the folders. So there's a uh, sex music satan for my death and black metal there's sex music depressing for like some uh shoegaze and post-punk and other dark shit and uh but today was sex music barbarian which was uh all power metal and old uh 80s 80s metal like uh iron maiden and judas priest and slayer so i was rocking that today cranking it and uh yeah it's just a very very uplifting music gets you going so yeah i am ready to go that's good stuff there. I'm sure Talon would have been, would have enjoyed uh, that list of bands. So, so this was this is all music that you made to have sex to, or it just happened <laughs> that way that started the folder, and now that's just your playlist. Exactly. Yeah, that's okay. just the first the first folder, and then uh, I just kept it up for the rest. And fuck it. But yeah, no, Talon would have uh, I don't know hard sex music, hardcore or sex <laughs> music, uh, crabcore or something like that. Yeah, I, I was getting worried with your with your sex music emo or whatever list you had there. So. <laughs> That's good, Derek. Glad you had a uh, good afternoon. It's still afternoon for you as we record this here. Six o'clock Eastern time, three o'clock Pacific. So, uh, yeah, uh, you have you have more sex music to listen to even after we record while you listen to the games here. Uh, yeah, as always, make sure you check out the Sports Gilman Podcast website. Plenty of stuff up there. World Cup, uh, hockey, uh, winter meetings picking up, basketball, college football playoff was released. So a bunch of stuff there. Make sure you Check out the website and make sure you check out the Discord. Discord has been fantastic. SG.pn slash Discord. Got people in there throwing out all kinds of bets. Trying to get back to the basics here a little bit. But, you know, always good to have different points of view there. And make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Gambling Podcast on Spotify, SG.pn slash Hockey S. And on Apple, SG.pn slash Hockey. And leave us a five-star rating and review and we'll read it at the end of the next show. All right, let's get into a, uh, our first segment here. As always, uh, Professor Joel is back when we have a two-man show, so I'm excited to hear your lesson for today. Yeah, we got a big one today. Um, okay, we're going we're gonna to try to give a general introduction to how market dynamics work. Sports betting is not as simple as just uh, picking a team to win. There's many different facets involved. Well, so we'll try to explain some of the more important ones. Uh, starting with point one here, in many ways, sports betting is a lot like trading stocks. Some guys don't like it being compared to investing, mocking those who do so as nerds or whatever. But it's uh, hard to ignore the parallels. 
For one, you're calculating the probability of an outcome and deciding if that probability is greater than the one the price or the odds imply, which would make it a valuable investment. Secondly, information is crucial to both, whether it's having better data on a team that allows the better to make good projections or knowledge of an injury before the line adjusts to it or developing sharp models that can accurately depict how a stock will perform over any given time frame. <clears throat> knowledge is the most powerful tool of both the better and the trader. Thirdly, it's a zero-sum game, the better versus the bookmaker, one trader against another. One wins while the other loses based on the result of a game or a stock rising and falling. There's also the crossover between people who bet at a high level and those who dabble in the financial world. So during the, the pandemic, we, with no sports to bet on other than Korean baseball, we hear that professional bettors such as uh, Joey Toons turn their attention to trading because the same principles of buying low and selling high and whatnot apply to both. You got any thoughts there? I mean, yeah, I think there is because the the gambling and like investing thing is like, yeah, you're not in you're investing for three hours in a team if you're only betting on a game. But, you know, we talk about futures are one of the best places to get value on teams. And that that truly is an investment. That is when you should be looking at, you know what, this is what the price says the chances are. And I think they're they're a team that has, is it better than that. I, mean, I, I talked about it on Friday night, if I remember correctly, the hurricanes right now, they're, they're undervalued, I think. And stuff like that is finding, finding the gaps there. And, and I think that's something people look at sports betting, but with focusing on the sport and like, okay, here's, here's this game happening. I want to get some action in on it. When, if you're trying to be profitable in the long run and be serious about it, then yeah, you should look at it as more of like an investment, like a, okay, I think this team is going to lose, but I think there's a better chance of them winning than the odds suggest, so I'm going to bet on them. Right, yeah, and even the term futures come from a, from a trading term, too. I'm not exactly sure what it is. I'm not an expert in the field, but I know that uh, it originated in the uh, financial markets. So at point number two, we can uh, start with how lines are created and shaped, and in doing so, clearing up a popular misconception, which is that uh, Vegas knows everything, quote-unquote, we have gone over this in an earlier episode, but it bears repeating. Vegas knows shit. Quote, unquote, Vegas is just the odds makers creating lines that they think are accurate, maybe inflating them somewhat for teams of bigger markets that usually take more money. If these lines are not accurate, and they frequently are not, bettors with a history of winning will help the books make the lines more accurate by betting into them. This is why we call the opening line soft, because they have low limits and are based merely on the thoughts and models of the bookies themselves, who are just one source of information. After these books take on early action and they become more confident in their lines, the limits in these markets rise. They do not want to allow for five or six or seven figure bets on a game until they have been reasonably informed on it by the market, which is sharp bettors. That is why it's a lot easier to beat the NFL betting on a Monday than it is on Sunday because you are betting against the book instead of the collection knowledge of the market. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the one of the things is that I wanted to bring up as well is how, how the lines are made. And more importantly, I think how you should perceive the line. Cause I, I know sometimes I look at a game and like, okay, this team is better than this team. I, or not even this team's better than this team. This team I like to bet on more, or this team, like I have a personal preference towards. And I, I feel like I, you should definitely get away from that. And like, just look at the numbers, look at how teams are playing recently and not be like, okay, like the Golden Knights are a team that I, I've been, I've seemed to back a lot, and whenever they're playing a lesser team, I'm like okay, I'm probably gonna bet on them. But you have to look at if they're not playing well recently, or what it is, or or if they're a popular team. If they're a popular team, we always talk about it with the Leafs. Uh, they get overvalued in teams like Carolina. I mean, they're in smaller markets, smaller market teams. We talk about East Coast bias. 
So like a small market West Coast team is probably one of the most um, undervalued out there. And you know, just off the top of my head, maybe Seattle or one of the California teams when they're not you know top of mind for people could be teams to look at where the prices are off. Yeah, so to sum up point two, quote-unquote Vegas, in fact, does not know. It has less power and less information than the sharpest betters, but it is able it is able to use them to create sharper lines, which allows them to comfortably take more action from the general public. So if the books don't know everything, that its own lines are not the sharpest, that there is no collusion between them and major leagues like the NHL or NFL, we can ask how they make their money. Despite the myths about Vegas knowing the result of something ahead of time, the answer is far simpler. They charge a VIG. It's pretty fucking obvious, but I guess some guys prefer to think they've been cheated out of something than admit they made a bad bet. Anyway, there's a price we have to pay to make a bet, which is the vigorish or the hold percentage that the book takes. The standard pick'em line, minus 110 bet, means that the book takes about 4.55% for itself, and the line suggests each side has a 52.38% chance, chance of winning. Most bettors cannot win more than 52% of the time, hell, not uh, even 50% of the time, over the long term, which is why bookmaking is a sustainable business. Their advantage is the price we have to pay to place wagers, not that they have inside information on all these different sports and markets. Got anything there? No, I mean, that, that you summed it up pretty well there. That's, that's yeah, no, yeah, continue, continue with the lesson here. No, it's I, pretty I, simple, pretty simple I, stuff. I have no banter based off that, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, the sports betting space is growing increasingly sophisticated with legalization and its corresponding rise in popularity. With millions more being wagered across more and more books, the bookies have to get better at their business, which makes it harder to find edges a lot of the time because the lines are currently sharper in major markets than in years past. This brings us to the myth of the trap line, which is allegedly a line designed to fool the better into betting it because it looks so good. A line is what it is because it has been bet into by people smarter than us. And if you think a line is too good to be true, you are either ignorant of why those people bet into that line, or you are even smarter than them. <laughs> to give an example, the Minnesota Vikings are 10 and two right now, and we'll play the five and seven Detroit Vikings, Detroit Vikings, Detroit Lions on Sunday. The simplest projection of who is favored in that game would tell you that it should be the Vikings. Looks like the better team, right? Instead, the Lions opened as three-point dogs, but were immediately bet until they became two-and-a-half-point favorites. Why did this happen? Because the Vikings are winning ridiculously unsustainable one-score games with the metrics of a decent team and not an elite one, whereas the Lions are playing inspired football over the past few weeks. So the casuals may call this a trap line, whereas in truth, it's just the market telling you which is the sharp side, given the line movement and the fact that a 10-2 and team is an underdog to a 5-7 and team. The reason I bring this up is that three or four years ago, this phenomenon would take place later in the week or not happen at all. The Vikings would remain the favorite, and the sharp players would be able to back the lines throughout the week instead of just at the opening. This is another reason why it's more important than ever for the casual better to get in early on these lines because they sharpen up faster and faster these days due to the amount of action books are taking now. Um, finally, we'll touch on following the market itself and how to get the best lines possible. This starts with the opening lines. If you follow the performance of certain teams and see that they are playing better than the results suggest, they will be the teams that get the early money because the openers are based more on the results than the underlying numbers. Injuries are also key because, uh, well, especially with players that aren't star players but extremely valuable to their team because their loss will not immediately impact the odds. It's not obvious. Comparing the effect of Valerie Natrushkin's injury to Nathan McKinnon's is a great example of this. Nuke's absence was hardly noticed in the early odds, yet the Avs were a team that were continually bet against in the aftermath of that injury. McKinnon's injury, meanwhile, caused the avalanche to be as high as plus 280 at home to the Bruins on Wednesday, which is a significant overreaction. Obviously, McKinnon is a better player than Nachushkin, but not to the extent that those line impacts imply. 
back-to-backs are obviously uh, another opportunity to bet the rest of the team against the tire team. Seeing as long usually goes that way, we've been over this many times, uh, especially if the backup is in on the second game. Conversely, you naturally want to wait. If you want to play the tire team at a better number. Um, all right, the last thing I'll say, and then I'll show it up, shut up, is that you want to follow betting trends, see which teams are bet and when. This requires following an odd screen or the odds of a sharp book pretty faithfully. But if you do, you can notice patterns because it's really the same betters and syndicates move the lines and they'll often bet at certain times of the day. A lot of it happens at 8 a.m. Eastern time and the limits go up uh, on game day. But you'll also see crafty guys wait for certain dogs like the uh, San Jose Sharks to get high enough right before game time and jumping in. The Kraken were the most obvious one last year where the same analytically driven groups continue to bet them up. Same thing has happened earlier this year with the Devils, although with far more success. Uh, by studying this stuff, you can get a better number by backing a team before they're bet up or alternatively waiting until they're bet up if you want the opposite team. So that's all for now. We're just skimming the surface of uh, very deep waters here, but I think we got the fundamentals done at least. Yeah, I have something to say about the uh, next to final point there about the increase in legalization and everybody kind of commercialization of gambling. And that example here of, you know, we talked about it on previous episodes when news is broken. The odds don't change as quickly as maybe they should, especially with big big trades or big signings. And to use a baseball example, when Trey Turner signed with the Phillies, I got them at 18 to one to win the World Series, and now they're down to 14 to one, 12 to one, some places. So that's that's minor value there, but that's just something where, you know, we talk about uh, starting goalies. You see starting goalie news in the morning. The line doesn't move yet. Hop hop all over that. So. There's a lot of more information and news out there now, especially with everyone having everything on their phone and having sports books on their phone where you can just open up an app and place a bet in 30 seconds after seeing some news when, you know, those those bookmakers and those odd setters have to, you know, see the news and then adjust the market based off what they think is going to come in. So I think, you know, we always talk about um, having multiple books, having multiple outs where you can find those uh, discrepancies, and that's something you need to uh, take advantage of. Absolutely. All right, another uh, fantastic lesson there from Professor Joel. Uh, thank you. Uh, hopefully that can help people win some more bets. And if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in a same-game parlay? WinBet is your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we got a uh, relatively big slate here for Wednesday night. We got seven games here on the docket. Are you ready to go into it? Yeah, wohl, mein Kamerad. All right, let's uh, kick things off here with the only 7 o'clock game here. I do want to uh, applaud the NHL here. All seven games have different start times here, so you love to see it. There's always going to be some sort of action going on on Wednesday night. 
Starting us off with the Washington Capitals at the Philadelphia Flyers. The game itself is in the city of brotherly love at the Farg. Capitals minus 140 favorites. Flyers home dogs plus 120. Over under is six and a half. Over is minus 105. Under is minus 115. I'll kick us off here with my uh, Flyers. Just got a big win over the Avalanche in name, even though the Avalanche kind of had a late pushback there and had were missing everybody except Rantman and McCarr pretty much. Um, I don't know if the Flyers can win back-to-back games. They haven't, I don't think, since the first three games of the season. They they won the first three. Oh, they won one back-to-back games, Ottawa-St. Louis. But I think Washington has been pretty good here on the road, especially recently. They had the win in Edmonton. They won in Vancouver. Tough losses in Seattle and Calgary. But, you know, the Flyers rivalry game here kind of for – the Capitals, they outshot the Oilers 50 to 30. I think the Capitals should be much bigger favorites here than just minus 140. Overall in the season, they are, um, I think, in the t- uh, 20th overall, expected goals for Flyers 29th. But in the last 10 games, Capitals had the ninth best expected goals for percentage at 53%. Flyers down there 27th at 45%. So, I mean, if the Flyers win, it's going to be because of Carter Hart, but they're going to get that kid killed. So give me the Capitals here at minus 140. And I would lean to the under here. Uh, Kemper's been playing better as of late, 916 save percentage overall. And the Capitals won 3-2 in overtime a few weeks ago. So I like the Capitals, and I do lean to the under, although I may not bet that. Right there with you. One of my main points was also that the Capitals are playing a lot better now even though their um, their main guys are still out for the most part. Uh, they're just a much superior team. Um, yeah, like you said, their their expected goals for percentage is a lot better now than it was in the uh, first weeks, few weeks of the year. And um, then I'm really low on the Flyers. Uh, big surprise there. Uh, Carter Hart with his uh, excellent performance so far has sustained them up to this point, but uh, I think the Capitals' depth and uh, better star power will win out this game. I have the Capitals at minus 172. This is the biggest edge mm-hmm. I see on the board today. So, uh, yeah, give me the Capitals uh, to win the, fairly comfortably, I think. Especially oh. the Flyers coming off that the win against the Stanley Cup champs, too. That's a bit of a... Although this is a rival game, too, isn't it? <laughs> uh, technically, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe that's not good. But, yeah, give, give me the, uh, the better team here at minus 140. Did your uh, thoughts and respect for Carter Hart go up after some of his saves he made the other night? No, it just made me fucking hate him more. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, then. Uh, yeah, he's saving us from the tank. Uh, Connor Bedard just had an incredible goal last night, I think, as well, like a like a backwards toe drag or something. Whatever. Going down the 7.30 game here. We got a uh, barn burner. Buffalo Sabres at the Columbus Blue Jackets. Sabres minus 135. Blue Jackets are plus 115. Over under six and a half, over minus one fifteen, under paying off minus one oh five. Let's kick kick this one to you, Joel. What do you think about this one? Well, I've said it a couple times now, but the the Sabres are all about the vibes, and right now they're on a good vibe. Uh, they're still towards the bottom of the standings there, but they are playing a little bit better in this uh, last week or two, winning a few games. And but uh, yeah, they're still not a good team. But the Blue Jackets are worse. Um, my line actually hasn't pretty equal, but I've been pretty down on the Sabres this year, uh, whereas the Blue Jackets uh, pretty down on them too. So minus 135 on the road seems a bit high, maybe a little inflated, but I still got to go that way given the uh, uh, the Blue Jackets are on the opposite side of that vibe right now, whereas the Sabres, um, 
are, are playing decent hockey, I guess. And uh, even with the, the goaltending just totally crashing down to earth after that uh, early blitzkrieg by Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie. I think Comrie's out, right? So it's uh, Pekka Lukin or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Lukin and Anderson. Yes, yeah. Man, flesh eater. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Sabres here at minus 135. Small bet. Yeah, it does seem a bit inflated there for uh, minus 135. But it is worth noting this is the second half of a back-to-back for Columbus, who plays in Pittsburgh tonight. Uh, hopefully they get their shit pump there. A little oh, bit. that's five, right. I didn't, I didn't even consider that. Okay, yeah, the so, line makes more sense. Then. So they'll be on a back-to-back. That That's probably why uh, the line is what it is. But the last back-to-back the Blue Jackets had, they lost 6-1 to, Colum- to Detroit and then came back with a 5-3 win at home against Florida. So you never know, but... I think Buffalo, you said it, they, they have vibes. Uh, we played the Avs tough, lost 6-4, beat the Sharks 6-3. I think here they're, they're going to be the fresher team, so I think them at minus 135 is also a, a pretty good bet there, so I'll, I will be on that. And then I would link to the over. Both of these teams have been over teams so far this season. Uh, both meetings, all three meetings last season went over 7-3, 4-3, and 7-4. So maybe this is a even taken. All, all total over seven and a half, over eight and a half. If you want to have some fun and hope for one of those crazy games like we saw the uh, Kraken and Kings have, and then the Canadians Canucks last night. All right, going down to the eight o'clock slot here, we have the Minnesota Wild at the Calgary Flames. The game itself is in Calgary. Flames are minus 150, Wild are plus 130. Uh, over under set at six, overpaying minus 120. Under is plus 100 here. Just just off the cuff, off the cuff here. I, I think Calgary is the better team. I mean, they they're turning things around a little bit. One three out of their past four, but they did lose to Montreal. On the other hand, Minnesota has been on a heater here, four in a row, six of their past seven. Even though the last two did go into a shootout, uh, a lot of high scoring games there recently as well, with six straight overs for them, including six five, five four, five three. So I would lean to the over here, possibly as my best play, only at six. But I I do like the road wild here. I I do believe Calgary is a better team at five on five with underlying metrics. But the wild aren't aren't too far behind them, especially recently. Uh, last ten games, they're the seventh best. Calgary has eleventh. They've been playing better recently. They're getting the plus one thirty. So yeah, I'll take the uh, road wild here as plus one thirty dogs, and I'll get a, put a little sprinkle on the over six as well. You know where I'm going. I'm going back to the Flames, just uh, super high on this team, whereas the Wild have uh, uh, disappointed this year, I think. Even the last few games where they've been winning, I think they're, they've are they been uh, pretty lucky in them. You know, either Wild comebacks or just winning these shootout games. Uh, no pun intended there with the Wild <laughs> comeback. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, 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 road, the road thing is negated by Calgary's home form. They're a much better team uh, at home than on the road. But yeah, give me the better team here at... Uh, what did you say? They're minus one fifty. Yep. Yes, yeah, I think that's still bettable. Um, like uh, Calgary's gone to down with Ladar now. He's been much better than Markstrom, who mm-hmm. apparently sucks at hockey right now. Uh, meanwhile, I guess Flurry's been playing better, so uh, maybe that's negated. But uh, down with Ladar, I, I have faith in the, the old Darth Vader and uh, Flames to get this win. I also lean to the under though, because the the Flames have been playing much better defense lately. And uh, but they still can't score. So if I'm going with the Flames, I think that means that they can control these uh, the wild offensive uh, outputs. You know, especially in the third period where they go nuts. Um, I'm trying to avoid using the word wild 20 million times. So uh, yeah, give me the the Flames in the under for this one. 
All right, we're, we're butting heads there on the side in the total. So we'll see uh, who comes out on top there. Going down to 9 o'clock here, we got the Boston Bruins at the Avalanche. Colorado Avalanche game itself is in Colorado. Uh, Bruins are minus 165. Avalanche are plus 140. Overrunners at 6, over minus 125. Under plus 105. Beyond the Bruins here, Joel, you, you believe in them against this uh, injury-riddled Avs team? Mm. I mean, at this number, maybe, but uh, I mean, like I said earlier, that the the, the avalanche opened at like plus two eighty, like the the craziest overreaction I, I've ever seen. I, I was trying to find that, and like, because I thought maybe you misspoke or saw something weird. Because like, uh, this is the highest I'm seeing is one forty one one fifty five is still out there. Yeah, I got uh, plus two thirteen myself. That's but, insane. Uh, That's absolutely insane. Yeah, so the, the, like the the lines open like crazy. Like McKinnon is. <laughs> is the only uh, NHL player on this team or something. <laughs> and the Avalanche are at home here, too. Much better home team. Plus, they just lost to the Bruins. They just lost to the Flyers. I think the, 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 they'll show some spirit here uh, and win this game. Wow. They have a better chance than plus 140 suggests. Anyway, I know I was, I was ready to back the Bruins, but uh, if, if you're giving me these odds for the Avs here at home, I'm going to take them. Especially, this is probably like the... Uh, um, maybe not, but it's probably like the national TNT game or something on Wednesday. I don't know. Might not, might not mean anything anyway. But uh, uh, plus 140, I uh, don't think there's too much value. I got the Bruins at minus 133. That's my line. But uh, probably not um, accounting for all the injuries enough. I mean, I already downgraded the Avs like to right around where the, the, uh, the Oilers, between the Oilers and the Jets, my ranking. So uh, that's a pretty significant downgrade. But I still only come out with minus 133 for the Bruins in the road. So plus 140 for the Avs here, I, I would lean to that. Yeah, I think even with McKinnon out at plus 140 for the Avs at home, I think is there's some value there. I don't know if I can take it just because the Bruins have been so good so far this season. The Bruins did beat them 5-1 at home. So you know, it could be a revenge spot. I'm, I'm not willing to lay that minus 165. So this probably comes close to a pass game for me. Maybe I'll, I'll put something on the Avs if I can get them plus 150, plus 155 there. Th- sprinkle that because you know what? They did not look good against the Flyers or the Bruins. They only beat the Sabres. So maybe it's a, it'll be a tough go for them. But yeah, Bruins are 0-4 in the last four meetings in Colorado. Home team has won seven of the past eight meetings. Doesn't mean a lot going back to 2019, but it's a trend. Whatever. Uh, yeah, so I would lean to the home team here, plus 140. And I guess the under six, just because this plus 105 to get plus money, kind of a toss-up there for me, though. So this is pretty much a pass game for me. I'm not a trend guy, but I think that trend does mean something. The home team seven to one, given the fact that both teams have one of the better home ice advantages in the league, uh, with the Avs altitude, and right now their their fans going nuts. It's uh, it's once again a passionate building, and the Bruins, you know, they've uh, they've always been uh, great for their fans as well. So the home team seven to one isn't too surprising, given the fact that uh, both teams have excellent home ice advantages. So yeah, the trends don't mean much if you can't explain them. That that's always my rule. If you can't explain a trend, then don't fucking use it. No, that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, that definitely the altitude is, is a big factor, and, and and the gardens in Boston are a big factor as well. Right, going down to the 9:30 slot here, we got the Arizona Coyotes at the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers are huge home favorites, minus 275 on the puck line. They're minus 120. Coyotes are plus 230. Coyotes plus one and a half is plus 100 even. Uh, over under six and a half. Over paying off minus 120. Under is plus 100 here. 
Coyotes have been playing a few tough games recently, lost by one to both Calgary and uh, Vancouver, Minnesota as well, Detroit, Nashville. So maybe look at a, at a Coyotes puck line here at even money. Edmonton just lost to Washington at home, got outshot by, by 20 shots. Beat Montreal by two, but before that, one goal wins against Chicago, Florida, and the Rangers, and Vegas. So I, I can't see Edmonton covering the puck line here. If you don't want to go that way, probably look towards their team total. I could see McDavid Dreisaitl potting a few. But yeah, I think this game for me, if I bet it, it would be uh, Arizona plus one and a half. Or maybe look at like uh, Arizona plus two and a half with a over-under in there to get kind of get you some wiggle room there if you want to find some value. Yeah, I don't have much to say about this one. Um, Coyotes are playing decent hockey, I guess. They're keeping in close games. They're spoiling their chances for an excellent draft pick in a year where they uh, absolutely need it. Although they have like freaking 20 draft picks. So maybe, maybe they're just going to the quantity over quality uh, approach and just building up the young kids for now. They, they have uh, some uh, nice players come through the prospect uh, pipeline. Plus uh, that Matias Michelli guy has come out of nowhere with a ton of assists. Um, I think that his odds for the Calder though are, are a bit wild. I don't think he has a chance to win that, but he he was as low as like six to one in some spots. So uh, I don't care about that. Uh, so yeah, my line is minus two forty one for the Oilers. So uh, yeah, there's not much to do for this game. Um, yeah, I would take maybe the under. Just uh, I know it's it's hard taking an under in an Oilers game, but the Coyotes. Uh, I think that they'll play some some uh, very. Like prevent defense, just trying to stop people from scoring the whole game. Like just uh, focusing on their own end, not going toe to toe, breakneck speed, and opening themselves up for the counterattack. So under six and a half here, plus one hundred is is okay with me. Um, I know I know you posted that graphic of the uh, yeah the old Vag Milk uh, being mm-hmm. like top two or something goal save above expected. So he. I don't think he's top two, but uh, he's definitely been playing uh, as one of the better keepers in the league. So, yeah. And if Stuart Skinner starts, uh, the Oilers aren't a back-to-back, right? No, I don't no. think so. Um, so, yeah, probably Skinner then. And, um, yeah, he's been as good as well. So, I like the under six and a half here plus money. I'm not sure that uh, that line will move much, but uh, could get could get a better number later on with the uh, always the over-money coming in on Oilers games. Uh, I'm fine with this one too. Under six and a half and plus 100 for me. Yeah, that maybe I'll do a, a plus two and a half under six and a half does kind of make sense because then you you cover the four uh, two loss. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll, yeah, you parlay the uh, parlay the, the two things that make sense there. You said Vegmalka has been he's been great. Uh, Nine twelve save percentage, so the under does make sense. We're going to the 10 o'clock game here. We have the late TNT game. The early TNT game, of course, is the barn burner Sabres at the Blue Jackets. But this late game here, we got the New York Rangers at the Vegas Golden Knights. Game itself is in Vegas. Vegas is minus 150 on the money line. Rangers are plus 130. Over-under is at 6.5. Over is plus 100, and the under is paying off minus 120. Uh, this is a game here where, you know, the Rangers have not played well recently. They did get that win over St. Louis in a high-scoring affair. Beat Ottawa a few games ago, but, I mean, I think Vegas is probably a better team right now. They were able to get that win in Boston despite getting outshot by nearly double, 43-24. They turned it back home after a four-game road trip. They went 3-1 and one on. So I think Vegas here back at home. Rangers first game on a road trip. I think the minus 150 might be a little bit too steep for me, but I I would lean that way. 
those are two teams where you know Vegas overall has a seventh best expected goals for, and the Rangers have eleventh. But in the past ten games, uh, Rangers have the twenty-second best, and Vegas have the twenty-first. So they're both struggling recently. But I think the home ice advantage here gives the edge to Vegas. I just don't know if the minus one fifty is enough. But I would lean to the under, especially if it's uh, Shesterkin versus Thompson. Yeah, once again, you uh, you said a lot of what I was going to say there with the the Rangers struggling recently and the Knights uh, doing so as well. But they did have a nice win in Boston. Now they're coming home uh, from their road trip. Uh, yeah, it should be a decent spot here, I think, against the Rangers who, uh, you know, they lost to the Blackhawks. Bit unlucky in that one. They hit the post a couple times. And they struggled to beat the Blues, who are uh, not a good team either, especially right now with everything going on. And their shitty goaltending, I think the Rangers put – Five at least. The six might be an open netter. But, uh, yeah, it's so Blues are terrible. The Rangers are much better. And the, the Knights are still a good team. So at minus 150, that's exactly what I have it. So, uh, if, yeah, so if, if there's a little bit of Rangers money, I would uh, I would take the Knights. Uh, I think I already did bet them at a better number. But I'm seeing uh, they're, they're like minus 160, minus 170 elsewhere. So I don't think that uh, this line will go down unfortunately but at minus 150 i think it's still a decent bet given the uh trajectory of both teams and, and yeah just the, the better team at home here uh this could be even be the the national team national tv game i don't know but, this is uh, yeah I, I i introduced it as a national tv game do you even listen uh, to it? Come on. i don't i don't listen to you no, I can steal my expected goals for stats um yeah give me the give me the nice here minus 150 uh oh yeah give me the under 206 and a half that is a bet. Uh, I know even Rangers goaltending has been bad, especially the Halak, but Shesterkin hasn't been great either. Whereas the the Knights, they they play some good defense. That game should have gone under to the the Bruins the other night, but uh, the Bruins just don't die. So, you know that's why they uh, they came back and pushed it to overtime uh, in a game that should have gone under. I didn't bet it, but uh, that's just that was just the right side. And I think that's the right side in this one too. So give me the under six and a half and uh, lean to the Knights as well. Let's close it out here with the 10:30 game here, the D-Gen special, Vancouver Canucks at the San Jose Sharks. You're definitely a D-Gen if you're betting this one. Uh, Canucks are road favorites, minus 125. Sharks, home dogs, plus 105. Uh, over under six and a half, over minus 120. Under plus 100. Close us out here. Yeah, it's a, it's a Canucks game, so the first look is to the over. Um, but the Sharks have a... I, uh, they have an unsustainably good penalty kill, and it's proven to be so lately. They've been letting in some power play goals finally after having like a 91.5% save percentage or a penalty kill percentage in the uh, in the first um, 20 games or so. But, but it's kind of fallen apart lately, and I think the Canucks can capitalize on that And uh, as the Sharks' penalty kill uh, comes down to earth. So at minus 125 and the over 6.5 here, minus 120, that's, that's the way I'm looking uh, my line suggests the opposite, actually. Canucks only minus 110 here, but uh, I, I, I just uh, they had a better team. They just had some some bad some bad luck. I'd say they had some good luck the other the other night uh, when they beat the Habs five or seven. I don't even know what the score was. It was crazy. The the Habs had a four nothing lead in the first period, and then the uh, the Canucks ended up winning it was six five, I think, in the end in overtime. Uh, so yeah, the Canucks are uh, are a wild one. And uh, at least for once, the, the blown lead went the other way for them. And uh, hopefully that they can win this one more comfortably instead of relying on uh, utter chaos to close the game out. So, yeah, I don't know. Strong opinion here, but minus 125, I think the Canucks are at play. And uh, give me the over, too. 
Yeah, I would lean both of those ways. It was a seven-six game against Montreal. You know, both of these teams should be able to to put up goals. Seven-six. Seven-six. Uh, yeah, over time. I couldn't keep up. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Both these teams have the defenses where they they the opposing team has enough talent to to score some goals. Vancouver, obviously, Patterson, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser. Uh, who am I forgetting? Kuzmenko, Mikheyev, like those guys are all. Quinn Hughes putting up some points. San Jose. Obviously, Carlson, Timo Meyer, Couture, uh, Tomas Hurdle. So they have both have some high-end talent. So do lean to the over as well as the Canucks. Maybe throw them in a parlay. Throw uh, Canucks in the over 6.5 and, and definitely get some good odds there for the uh, last game on the docket. But yeah, I, I probably won't bet this game individually. All right, that's the uh, seven-game slate there. Uh, do have a few consensus plays here I wrote down along the way. Uh, Capitals minus 140 in Philadelphia. Uh, Buffalo minus 135 in Columbus. Also, uh, the over in that game. I didn't mention that, but uh, I do like the over in that one as well. Okay. All right. Um, I have Colorado written down kind of just as a, as a soft play if you want to bet that one. We did both lean that way. Um, Vegas minus 150 at home against the Rangers. And the under six and a half in that game minus 120. And then we also both lean to the Canucks in the over in this one. But I don't have that as, as a quote-unquote official play, even though we don't really truly keep track of these. No. Yeah, sounds good. All right, yeah, that's a uh, a bit of a heavy slate there for a Wednesday. Hopefully get some good seven games there all spread out. So, yeah, I was uh, looking forward to it. All right, and uh, make sure, as always, you are subscribed to the Hockey Gambling Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, sg.pn slash hockey for Apple, sg.pn slash hockey yes for Spotify, and leave us a five-star rating and review. Give us a follow on Twitter as well, at HockeySGPN. I am Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter, at SOP. I'm Joel Meyer, and you'll find me uh, watching hockey. I got nothing. <laughs> Peace.